Hey, my friends, thank you for joining me for this episode of Real Live Talk. I'm really excited that you guys are here to check out this episode. I pray that the content blesses you, challenges you, inspires you, makes you think, or somehow adds value to your day. Uh, and if it does, if you'd consider subscribing, sharing, or leaving a review, that would truly mean the world to me. I would love to invite you to check out the brand new Facebook page. There's a new Facebook page exclusively for Real Live Talk. You can find it at facebook.com forward slash Real Live Talk podcast. And uh, I'm excited about it because it's uh, basically I'm going to be using the Facebook page kind of exclusively, at least for this season, to host all of the uh, live broadcasts that go out. And then, of course, we'll continue uploading these podcasts to the podcast platforms as we always do. So nothing shifts there. But uh, it's going to help me, I think, to uh, just provide you with more meaningful content on the Facebook page. And uh, it'll just be more centralized. So I think it'll be easier for everyone to find everything and all that kind of stuff. So uh, check it out and subscribe or not subscribe. What do you call it? Like the, the Facebook page. If you get a chance, that would really help me out. And uh, I, I'd really, really appreciate it. If you get a chance to leave a review on the Facebook page, that would just be amazing as well. Uh, let me just tell you about this episode. Uh, this episode is a kind of a recap. I'm sharing some of my favorite or most memorable moments for me from the first year. So the first 100 episodes of this podcast. And uh, yeah, not, obviously not everything. There were so many moments that I could have shared. I didn't want to make this thing like hours long. It's just crazy. Plus, I had like a couple hundred hours of video content to, uh, <laughs> to, to pour over to find the moments that were most meaningful to me. And so you can hear my, my baby there in the background. Sorry about that. But anyway, um, say hi, Sophie. My, how old are you now? Three and a half months, baby girl. Now you don't want to talk. Well, you can feel free to talk whenever you want because you can do nothing wrong. So what was I saying? Anyway, just some of my most uh, memorable moments, moments that were particularly impactful for me or where I just enjoyed or I felt that uh, the content that was uh, put out in, in these moments was um, just impactful in some way. Obviously, there were so many more that I could have shared, but these are the ones that kind of stuck out to me as I was getting ready for this episode. So I really, really hope that you enjoy it. And uh, yeah, I would love to hear from you and know what you think. And if there were some other moments that you've uh, listened to over the past year that you thought I should have included but didn't, I would love to hear your comments on that as well. So Anyway, let's go ahead and jump into this episode because my uh, little girl is not having it. So <laughs> thank you guys for being here. This is our moment, dude. <laughs> if, if, if the church does not think, if the church is overwhelmed, then that means we're using man-made solutions to solve a supernatural problem. Wow. Like we're, 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 we're stockpiling natural resources for like revival when revival is a supernatural explosion of God's goodness, grace, and love and really true heart for the world. It's not like God wakes up one day and goes, oh yeah, revival, yeah, we should do that. No, no, he, that's <laughs> what he desires. He's yeah. going for that, he wants to move. It's a matter of, will we as the church have our antennas up? Will, be, will we be aware of what God's doing and actually align to that? So it's our moment, man. Come on, baby. We, we actually, we just went through a teaching. I don't think we're done with it. No, we're not done with it yet, uh, but okay. we've been uh, a couple weeks on it, a few weeks on it. We've been on this teaching actually about shifting the atmosphere. Oh, and, I like that. And, and uh, just something that you were talking about just reminded me of that. And there's there's something something that happens when the world is going this way, whether we're talking about the world, like the world, is, yep. that's, that's grand scale, right? But 
But even if it's if everybody in the room is going this way, when you sort of begin to move in the opposite spirit of that place, whether it's everybody's complaining, everybody's grumbling, everybody's confused, everybody's concerned, they're fearful. When you take it upon yourself to get the to to understand, okay, God, what are you doing right now? What's on your heart right now? I like and this. and and you basically you respond that way because when everybody else is responding in a negative sense again whether it's fear or confusion whatever it is when everybody's responding that way the person or the organization or the church or the group of people or whatever whatever it is when you recognize what God is doing and what the moment actually needs so and good. you're willing to respond differently you have automatic authority in that space Ooh. that you're in because you have you have the ability to influence decisions you have the ability to influence people to influence culture to influence again like whatever the context that you're that you're in if it's a room of three people or if it's a city you can stare at a dim light bulb like like the the dimmer a light bulb is you can see it i like that but but the brighter that light bulb gets it gets to the point where you can't see the bulb anymore the bulb disappears and all you see is the brightness and and i think I like that, that that's such a picture of the glory of god it's all about god it's all about jesus it's about him becoming famous not us becoming famous it's about his glory being revealed yes. but like he's put us in this position that we can't deny that he's given us the this this privilege this responsibility this whatever you want to call it Come to on, to make him known to shine the brilliance of the glory of god um here on the earth and that's, that's what so the church good, is supposed to do to point people to jesus and regardless of you know how bad everything is when things are bad it's an opportunity to even more put the glory of god on display 100 percent, bro you know i think we're on the same page probably and are we are we gonna joe rogan this or we have three more hours or what (laughs) Um, yeah man that that dude's a beast He's he's a freak. I mean, it's all he does he got a hundred million dollar deal. He's good. Yours is coming by the way hundred million doge yeah, I'm I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not I, I, I'd call this, this is the half Rogan. This isn't the full Rogan yet because we're, we're video conference. We're <laughs> not in studio, but eventually I'd like to, I'd like to go full Rogan eventually. Oh, dude, um, that, I would be behind that, man. You know, that I'd throw some Dogecoin into that. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love it, man. It's like, God's not, God doesn't shy away from people that, had like a stigma attached to them you know god didn't Mm -hmm. shy away from mentioning like rahab (laughs) and and tamar both of those women like it's the most bizarre it's it's like the most bizarre story in the bible one of them and i'm like yeah god did not shy away from a bizarre story yeah (laughs) Tell 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 the tamar story Give the, oh, the man. version of the Tamar so story. So if you haven't <laughs> read the story of Tamar, I encourage you to do so. It's Genesis chapter 38. Mm-hmm. And it's just um, one of the sons of Jacob, which I think it was Judah. Judah left basically yeah, his father's Judah. house. And he went and he married somebody else from another land. And he had three sons. And the oldest son was Ur, E-R, is his name. And he married Tamar. And um, he died and then i just say um, that's got to be like the least creative name in scripture right (laughs) like i'm just gonna call you it's just a noise it's not even a name it's just a sound that it's a noise it's like the sound that i made when you were born i was like 
Anyway. <laughs> so, very true. <laughs> so, he dies. So, Tamar's left the widow. Okay. So, culturally yeah. back then, when a man died, his brother would then marry the widow. So, that way, have a child and the lineage of the brother would live on, so to speak. Okay. So, everything would carry mm-hmm. on. The inheritance would go to this child and everything. Well, this man did not want to do that. So, he took her as wife, married her, and literally in the middle of sex, this man pulls out and ejaculates on the floor instead. And that's like, that was so considered. I don't think people really, which I tried to to really show. It was like a vile act, what he did, Mm -hmm. because it's like he wasted his seed is basically how it was seen. And um, he later ends up dying. And um, <laughs> like, God, the man, God, the man out. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with the first husband. Do you know the verse? I think it's verse 11, chapter 38. It literally says that her first husband was wicked and God killed him. Like it literally mm-hmm. says, so we don't know what this man did or what he was like, but he was wicked. So so then Judah had a third son, which was too young, right? So he told Tamar, go back to your father's house. When my son is older, I will come get you. You can marry him type of a thing. Well, years went by, and Judah now becomes uh, a widower. And he goes to, I forget what, like, region to do sheep herding and stuff, or sheep shearing, shearing all his sheep. So Tamar mm-hmm. finds yeah. out, people tell her that, like, basically, uh, the youngest son is old enough now, but he still hasn't given him to you. So he's which was kind of like a slap in her face is what it was. Right. So, <laughs> so like, she finds on. out. <laughs> Hold on. Every time one of my sons marries you, they marry. <laughs> Basically. That's probably really what he was thinking. Like, I don't want to give my last you're not, child. You're not, get, you're not getting my youngest. You're not, you're not getting this one. So she finds out where he is, right? And she goes and she disguises herself as a prostitute. And she stands in the place the Bible says, where, like, men pass by. So it's a known place where hookers were, okay? Mm-hmm. And yeah. he um, picks her up, sleeps with her, and basically gave her a few items. Um, and it was kind of like the, um, not down payment, I guess you could say, but it was basically um, to show, like, yeah, this, this is what we're doing. And he's given a cord. Oh, I forgot. He gave her, like, three different items. Yeah. And so left them with her okay left three months later they find out tamar is pregnant and judah has a fit and he's all upset and back in that day you know they stoned women who were like got pregnant that were not married so she's like okay well here are the items of the man whose it is whose child this is and she lifts up all the items and he was like you know she's righteous in this because i i was wrong because i did not give Mm. her my son and she was pregnant with twins and so it just is like it's such a, and the most interesting thing about it, though, is up until this point, up until Genesis chapter 37, this is the story of Joseph. We're hearing all about Joseph, all about Joseph. And then in the middle of Joseph's story, we have this story of Judah and Tamar. And then wow. chapter 39 picks back up to Joseph, like nothing happened. So it's just very interesting that this is right in between literally Joseph's life story. So it's an interesting yeah. placement that it's, it's put in. But it's just such a bizarre story. I mean, it's like, you know, your father-in-law lied, so you go and trick him and have sex with him, and you got pregnant with his kids instead. Like, it's just, yeah, it's just one of those. It's, such it's an Jerry Springer. Story. Yeah, it's it's one of those. This is uh... exactly what it is. You, 
Mor- 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 Povich, you are the father. <laughs> like it's just um... <laughs> when you think about the word good news, news is something that's already happened. It's not an announcement of what you must now do. Mm, you, you know, the new, news is like everything's already been done. Like it's news. It's like you're, you're reporting this good news. It's not like okay. Here's, here's the, the three things you must do. I remember I was at this leadership conference and I'm not kidding. I wanted to get up and throw something. This guy literally had like 12 steps to the abundant life. I'm like, well, what happens if you forget step seven? Like, is the whole thing screwed up? You know, like, geez, Louise. And so literally step one was like, die to self. I'm like, oh, wow. That's step oh, one. Like, that's, like, that's that can good take news. a while. It's going to be good. Like, I think, well, yeah, and then like step two was like walk in the spirit. Step three was like love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Step four was like love your neighbor. I'm like, like, are you kidding me? Like, is anyone like, like, if I got to do all this, I'm not going to have the abundant life. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. uh, there's no way I'm going to, you know, I yeah, know it's just, it drove me yeah. crazy. I'm like, is this supposed to be hope inspiring to anybody like, who's listening to this? Like, anyway, but news sounds from, like, right, right. News is an yeah. announcement of what's already been done. You know, I, the scariest verse to me in the whole Bible, well, one of them, is 2 Corinthians eleven three. Paul says, just as Eve was deceived by the serpent. I mean, that's like galactic level announcement there. Just as Eve was deceived by the serpent, I, I fear that you two have been deceived away from the simplicity of Christ. Mm, come you on. Yeah, so many people, man, they want to blow their shofar over their checkbooks. They want double portion anointings. They want mantles. And listen, you can have all the mantles and anointing you can handle. As long as that anointing points you back to the anointed one, as long as the mantle points you back to the one who's given the gifts, is it's, it's the simplicity of Christ. He already did it all. You know, the sufficiency of Christ. And so, mm-hmm. man, when we start getting outside of that, I mean, he literally, he thought of everything. I, when, I, when I take the cup, you know, this is the new covenant in my blood. I'm thinking, you thought of everything. You didn't leave anything wow. out. I mean, literally anything I could need, the guilt, the shame, the wisdom, anything that I need, you already said yes to. And so, um, so I have a friend uh, named Matt and he met with this 25 year old who I don't want to exaggerate. So I'll just say he made $20 million in some Mm. business, something crazy like that. And, um, and so Matt ate with him and he's like, Hey man, what do you, what do you feel is kind of like a a key to your success? Such a profound answer for any age, but for a 25 year old, it's really impressive. Uh, this person was hundred percent kingdom who, who gave the answer. And he said, um, I'm learning to, uh, to walk into every situation as a son who has full access. Wow. Come I was on. Like, wow. I need to learn from this 25 year old. This is, that's a pretty powerful thing. What's he doing? He's recognizing the finished works of the cross. He's recognizing all God's promises are yes. And amen. The yes is on his part. Our life has to amen it. We have to come face to face and agree with that thing and say, yeah, that belongs to me because of what Jesus has done. That's what faith is just our response to what Jesus already said. Yes to that's good. Faith isn't prying God's hand open. God's hands are already open at the cross. That's the good news. Anyway, I love the new covenant. It is it is way better than that old covenant. I can't believe how many... I'm going crazy today. <laughs> I can't believe how many people want to fight for the right to be under the old covenant. They're like, no, you still oh. got to eat the laws. You still got to eat the food things and keep the feasts. I'm like, have, have you read? Like He calls it a ministry of condemnation and a ministry of death. I mean, they had the whole Jerusalem council was like, no, you don't have to do any of that. Just don't eat food sacrifice to idols. Apparently that was just way too much for the Jews to be able to fellowship with the Gentiles with something that offensive. It'd be like, you know, if you're, if you're trying to eat with someone and they want to be naked, probably like, you know what? It's just, I, can't, I can't really concentrate, you know? And so <laughs> it's, it's just so offensive that you're doing that. Could, could, you, could you not, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like that and then just keep giving to the poor. 
that's it. Mm. And so he didn't say, you know what, you got to tithe. You know, I mean, that would have been a great point. I'm not going to know. I'm not. I'm going to get myself in too much trouble. <laughs> Shots fired. Oh Jim lord! <laughs> I just had someone email me today, and they emailed me some Old Testament passages about tithing. And I like, I'm not even a friend with them on Facebook. So I had to go like in that yeah. special thing. And I'm mm -hmm. like, um, I said, why did you send this to me to show you how wrong you were in your teaching? I was like, okay, thank you. Like, well, I don't even know who you are. What are you talking about? You send me some old Testament verses. I was like, Oh Lord. Yeah. Like, thank you. Lord. It's funny. It's so. funny. Yeah, man. Well, like when you, when you were describing earlier, all those, all those steps in that, in that oh program my gosh, that you were talking about. Steps to abundant just, life. It, <laughs> it's, that's what i was gonna it's like uh it sounds a lot like this old covenant that we used to be under that we're not under anymore where there were all these steps and all these things that you had to do in order to measure up 13 laws they had to keep yeah oh, man and if you messed up in one of them you were guilty of all of it um but but jim like one of the things that i that i that i love is uh the way that you describe the the old testament or the old covenant paradigm versus the new covenant paradigm would you talk about that for a minute yeah, well, I, I, I'm going blank, but um, I'll, I'll keep moving my lips until something comes out that's decent. So, you know, the, under the Old Covenant, you know, one of the pictures I use is that under the Old Covenant, God said, I will keep my part mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and you will keep your part. And if you keep your part, I will bless you. And if you don't keep your part, I will curse you. That's pretty much the Old Testament, right? And so now the good news, there were sacrifices that stayed off those curses and stuff like that. And that's why idolatry was so horrible for um for uh, israel is because the sacrifices kept off the judgment kept off all the things that they deserved it was a covering it was an atonement for them right yeah and so when they turned to idolatry they didn't sacrifice anymore boom they got they got crushed right that's that's the old yep. testament yep. so coming to god says i'll keep my part you keep your part if you don't keep your part um i'll curse you if you keep your part i'll bless you god's like you know what i'm gonna make a new arrangement that old arrangement is um according to hebrews obsolete has come to an end right? Mm. Um, yeah. And so he said, I'm going to make a better arrangement with better promises. So here's the new covenant. God says, I will keep my part and then I will come and keep your part and I will treat you as if you kept your part yourself. Mm. Boom. Jesus got what you deserved so we could get what he deserved. That's the new covenant message. That's the unfairness. It's, it's, it's a scandal of grace. It ain't fair. I can tell you that much. It ain't fair. And so that, that's the good news. And so that's what that's what the, the rest that we have entered into, according to Hebrews four, the rest is, hold on, I don't I don't have to pry God's hand open. You know, when, a lot of times when I see people praying for healing. They're going through this list to see if they're worthy of healing. Hold on, I, I, man, I don't I haven't had enough time with God. I haven't had a really good devotional life. I don't, you know, I don't know if I have enough faith. Well, you just told me the whole problem. See, faith looks at Jesus. Faith is like an eyeball. An eyeball looks out. If an eyeball stops looking out and somehow turned itself in, it's no longer functioning like an eyeball because eyeballs look right. out. Faith, new covenant faith, according to Hebrews 12, is fixing your eyes on Jesus. And so if you begin to look to see if you have enough faith, good. that's not faith. Faith looks at Jesus. Faith doesn't look to see if you've had a good devotional life. Now it's called dead works and you've cut yourself off from grace. That's the scandal is we enter into this rest where Jesus did it all. I'm, I'm putting my full weight. I'm putting all my confidence my pastor says, I'm pushing my chips to the center of the table and I'm betting it all on God. And I'm living in that reality of, so I had this, I don't, I don't even know what we're supposed to talk about today. I had this. In Bro, it's just, it's just, 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 yeah, it's just happening. <laughs> just go. It's happening. If the focus is on the King of glory coming in, 
if the focus is on bringing people, directing people, leading people to a connection with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, then I, I think what you're saying is ultimately at the end of the day, the way that's expressed is not the most important thing. There's Correct. some things that we should line up on and we should agree on, which is what you're, which is, which is that it's Christ is the head of the church. We are the body. We're different members. We have different expressions. We might go about this differently, but at the end of the day, if our focus is on glorifying Jesus, it's all about him. Then, uh, you know, I think we, we pull back the, 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 the lens, right? Like we can, mm -hmm. we can zoom out. Mm -hmm. And when it's all about him, it becomes less about, the non-essential things that so often become the things that divide and separate us. Hundred uh, percent. I, I think very rarely in the church, and you know, we talk about different denominations and things like that. I think very rarely we're divided by essential things. I think more, way more often than not, we're divided by non-essential things that we don't actually, at the end of the day, have to agree on in order to be brothers and sisters, in order right. to, in order to be a part of the same family Hello. of God. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, so dude, I love it. I think, I think it's, it's exactly what you're saying. The non-essentials dividing us and people would say, well, I have a different definition of what essentials are, right? Yeah. That's okay. But can mm -hmm. we make the one essential essential? <laughs> like yes, going yes. to all the world, preaching the good news of Jesus Christ, that he died he rose again. You like those essentials, right? That he paid for sin once for all that we don't pay for our own sin, we're forgiven, that he is Lord, that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Like what? Look at the book of Acts, how they preached Christ and how they kept the centrality of his resurrection, his personhood, his way of life. Jesus was the center. I, I'm, I'm like flabbergasted at how other things have become centers. We're centering on, and I, it's a principle. So like, I, I think it's actually a principality. Um, on the church, sorry to sound super charismatic, but you know, in the Bible, get some letters on that one, bro. I know, I know, but it's okay. We no, wage war not against the flesh, but against principalities, powers, and the mm -hmm. heavenly realms. Anyway, um, I'm with you. I know, but the and I can prove it that it's a principality because I can walk into ten churches and say, "You are a city on a hill," and they're going to say, "Amen," and every single one of them expects those other nine churches to do it like them. Think about it. Like when we hear I'm a, we're a city on a hill and our, our mind goes, Oh yeah, that's right. So all y'all need to get with the program and do what mm -hmm. I'm doing. But that city on that hill has 12 entrances. Why? Why? Mm -hmm. Because God does not delight in uniformity. He delights in true unity. Yes. It's not unison. It's the unity of the spirit. And there's a section on the last chapter that I, I, I tried not to be too on the nose, but like there are many spirits of unity, but only one unity of the spirit. Unity, yeah. And yeah, man. we got to be careful so that good. we're not rallying around a cause or even an event or a political disposition and calling it unity of the spirit. Cause it is not <laughs> like there was a unity in, in the time of Barabbas, there was a spirit of unity. He led a rebellion. There was a spirit of unity in the Pharisees. They led the whole mob to chant, crucify Jesus. There's a spirit of unity in the tower of Babel. 
they're building it to heaven. They were successful. That God had to scatter their language, right? Yeah. Those are the spirits of unity, but they are not the unity of the spirit. The unity Come of the on. spirit brings people to Christ and Christ alone, not to a cause. We've mm -hmm. been so cause driven and been like, nobody wants unity because they didn't get with my cause. Well, no, I don't <laughs> want that spirit of unity. I want the unity of the spirit. But you see how we start to blame the other gates. We start to blame the other churches, the other expressions for not getting with the program. But the program in us is do it the way I do it. But a diversity of the saints is required. It's for the unity of the spirit requires the diversity of the saints. You can't defend it any other way. I'm sorry. The unity of the spirit requires the diversity of the saints. Yes. We mentioned it. The family of God. Is your family all think like you, talk like you, sound like you? Brothers, no. sisters in the same house? No. No. The, the body of Christ. Are, are every single part of our body the same? Obviously not. The living stones. I mean, the, the new Jerusalem, the many tribes. Were those tribes all similar? Did they do everything the same? Did they think the same? Did they act the same? Did they battle the same? No. Like, we have, like, missed this thing by... Mm -hmm calling our cause unity and instead of saying i want the unity of the spirit no matter what it takes what are you more likely to do i guess is what i'm wondering like to to get into a a a character and kind of bring that character to life or kind of you know reverse engineer it a different way yeah no it's beautiful um and it's a it's a valid question and you're gonna you're gonna get all my gold now dude i'm gonna have nothing left Bro. so <laughs> if it, let, let me let me let me explain myself because all of my writing has been in the area of um you know like uh i, I write things to help people get closer to god and you know stuff yeah. like that so i'm writing i'm writing nonfiction, but i've always had this desire from when i was a kid I would write a lot and I would draw a lot. And, and, and what I would kind of do as a kid was I would have this idea for a story in my head. And I, and, but I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know if I, I was pretty good in school and stuff and I could write, but I never really got into writing stories. But what I would do is I would have the idea for the story and I would draw it out. Like I would draw pictures and I would, I would, and I wasn't a great artist either, but I would draw it. And then I would kind of, it was almost like I could kind of see it taking place and kind of almost living in it. And there was that sort of thing. And, and so I feel like there's always been this desire in me to write stories, but I've never done it. And over the past, mm. I'd say eight years of my life, I've been, um, I, I've really developed a, a love and a fondness for writing and always for the sake of, you know, I want people to know this about their identity or I want people to know this about who God is. And that's always been the kind of motivation for it. And so I've been writing. Uh, but lately, I'd say over the past six months, there's been this there's been this thing. And I actually sat down one day to just kind of write from a purely just fiction context. And I had like a phrase that popped into my head and I just started writing based on that. And, and I mm. started basically developing the backstory for a character. And, uh, and I'd never, I hadn't done anything like that in years and I really enjoyed it. And it was, and it was interesting to me because as I was writing, I had no idea where it was going to go, but I was just kind of following the breadcrumbs, so to speak. Mm. And I got to this point, it, it actually went to a really dark place. <laughs> <laughs> which kind of surprised me but uh, i was kind of developing 
this this character's uh, background, their their backstory, and it ended up going to this dark place where this like it, he was a fourteen year old kid and he witnessed a um a, like a suicide take place, and it just went to this whole whole thing. And it's it's kind of a new thing for me to do that kind of writing. But anyway, I just wanted to explain myself because it's kind of been maybe the basis. There, there's like this kind of maybe damned up uh desire in me that might be the reason why i'm, I'm asking the questions that i'm asking because it's coming from a place of genuine curiosity so just wanted to explain that <laughs> so just as an observer your whole countenance yeah. changed when you started talking about this topic that's funny so that's funny you know if, if i if i could be so bold i would encourage you to go with that okay go with that yeah even if it is for your own personal no one ever sees it but you. But I think there is there is something very cathartic if you resonate there. Um, mm. I love writing. Like I I can't believe I get paid a stupid amount of money to play with GI Joe guys in my backyard sandbox and tell other people about it. Come on, that's what I that's what I do. Like, so you and, do the battle sequences out? Oh, dude, with 100%. action figures. And I tell you, oh, that's so cool. Go, everybody, charge! Fall back! Fall back! I'm out yeah. changing. I mean, it's 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 stupid how much fun I get to have. Here, here's another one. What about baptisms? Can you give baptisms metaphysically <laughs> in the metaverse? Right? I don't. Okay. How would that now, work? Let me read some, you some verses, and they're probably going to be out of context, but that's okay. <laughs> Let's destroy some scripture real quick. It's okay. No, I just want to read some because I think. Uh, and I would say, if you haven't read these verses, go back and look at them, because I think there's some context. But I, I've read all these verses many times. I know all the verses. Okay, <laughs> this book is the best. No, <laughs> okay, Acts two, good. thirty-eight. And Peter said, "Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit." Okay, mm. repent and be baptized. Okay. And now why do you wait? Rinse and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. That's in Acts twenty two sixteen. So it says like be baptized. And that's, it seems like he's inferring and I'd have to read the rest that baptism is actually part of your sanctification in this situation of your repentance. First Peter baptize uh, baptism, which corresponds to this now saves you not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God, for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I don't get that one. We'll just skip it. Um, Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So he says, unless you're born of water, which we know is baptism and the spirit, this is John three, five, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. So what is Jesus actually saying there? I don't know. Mark 16, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. So there's the direct correlation between belief and faith. And baptism causes salvation. But the same thing, he says, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Okay, what if I believe and don't get baptized? So I think all this to say is that I don't know the answer to your questions. So what you're saying is that in the in the metaverse, <laughs> you could be baptized and your avatar is submerged in water in the metaverse and comes up out of the water. And it was that was your public declaration, but because, but even though it didn't happen to you physically, it would still count. Is that, I would is that say the you're making. I would say I think someone could. I don't. I don't know if I actually believe this or not. 
just to be sure. But I think there there is an argument to be made. Now, at the same time, our language is limited. Like you think about the word yeah. awesome. Like, I mean, we, we, we laugh about how we call God awesome and then we call pizza awesome too, you know, right. that type of thing. But the word awesome, it doesn't even come close. You know, it doesn't even like, like, yes, there should be a huge difference between pizza awesome and God awesome. But, but awesome doesn't do it either. Or like, great, magnificent, yeah. wonderful, enormous, you know, <laughs> incredible God. You know, just it still falls way short. So you could, of course, abandon all language and say, well, it's pointless. I don't have, there's nothing I can say. Or I just say, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you what I have. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to say what I'm feeling here. So there's a little bit of a wrestling match yeah. there, I think, where we're yeah. trying to make our language meet up with the God who made the universe, who spins the earth on his finger like a basketball. You know, it's like, how do you, how do you put that into words? Um, I don't know if you have specific examples or anything. I don't know if I'm even touching on what you're saying, but um, yeah, we have all of our phraseology and stuff. I think you have to think about what you're saying. I think that's yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing, yeah. right? That's I mean, where, that's where I was going. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I'm like, well, and to me, it all starts with, with this book. Because, uh, you know, I, I try to teach our worship leaders that they need to have a well to draw from when they're on stage. Now, that's not the purpose of having a well, but you can't you, you don't have anything to draw from on a stage if you haven't dug a well privately in your time with God. And what I mean by that is just cultivating a true, authentic walk with God. You know, mm -hmm. people yeah. want to jump to the public. I want to be great in public, you know, public ministry. But the only way to be great in public ministry is to cultivate a private ministry to God, just you and him, right? And when you have that well that's filled with the word, who the character of God, the words of God, you know, that's where the language of praise yes. and worship comes from is right here. So if I'm saying things that come out of this book there's a, that, that are in my heart, not just memorized, Right. Mm. They're in my heart. They're part of my relationship. I've had revelation of this aspect of God's character. You know, like even just something as simple as God is slow to anger and full of unfailing love. I mean, just that thing, having that in your heart, that changes me to know that he's slow to anger. I'm so happy because so many times I'm not slow to anger. And I yeah. know what that means that he's slow to anger with somebody who deserves probably to be, you know, for him to have anger toward me for some of the things I've done. And so it moves me to worship. And then I want to repeat some of those things. That's so good. I love that you said that. That's that's so key right there is the, the word of God having that foundation of God's word, his truth within you, like the knowledge of who he is so that, yeah, because I mean, I, you know, when, when you're up there, there were times where I'd start leading worship at six in the morning and my set would end at eight, but then at seven 55, someone would walk up to me and be like, Oh, the eight o'clock worship leader is not going to be here. So you got to keep going. And like, it was so easy to run out of words, like to run out of things to say. And especially for, okay. So here's the thing that I even tell you, like, I was I was in Mexico. Yeah. My wife and I were, were uh, coordinating a house of prayer in Mexico. Okay. And at the time, like I was my, my Spanish is decent now, uh, like fairly fluent. But but at, but in some of those early days, it was like not all there. And so I would just be trying to like I just be saying the same things like over <laughs> trying to study the word in Spanish, which was tricky because. Gracias, Señor. Gracias, Señor. 
<laughs> to gloria que venga to gloria like that was the thing like your glory let your glory come like 50 times right? throughout throughout right. the two hours like, it was just um but yeah like and th- and like th- we're having fun here right like this is yeah. um wherever every, wherever anybody is god loves the way that you worship god yeah. loves the way that you that you um just even like in simplicity just talk to yeah. him and yeah. uh but yeah but i do think that over time the growth in that the growth of you know fueling this passion that's within you with more than just like the typical things that you hear people say but having that that depth of the word of god um you know hiding his word in your heart meditating on his word on his promises on his nature understanding his nature and who he is and it really does give you more sort of fodder it gives you more um you know more to pull from like you called it a well yeah it gives you that that you can pull from and draw from um that just i think it it just adds to relationship with him when we have more to say you know same thing in the relationship with people with our spouses and all of that kind of stuff you know it just gives you more to uh to draw from and and relate to to him more absolutely it's good and i'll just share this prophetic word for you guys that are listening but i also i just want to say like there's many that are listening and we didn't get into it but i could tell you stories as stories is of of people just learning how in the day-to-day decisions the process the systems they're using just saying lord am i supposed to be doing that do we are we even supposed to let that person go because they did all these things lord do we not do it just i mean so practical and the, the reason why i'm saying this is because as you're listening to me there are there's an invitation to so much more in God that we'll never experience if we don't learn how to say yes. If we don't know how to be led by Him, we're actually we're, there's more, there's the limitation aspect of, of things that He wants to release and open up to us. And I I shared this story last time. I think I'll share it real quick. A man who got um, just saved by God, loved God, um, just just started listening to the voice of God. God, do I do this? He had a forty million dollar company. God, do I say do I answer this phone? He wasn't getting super weird spiritual, like, do I wear the shirt right. or not? He was just learning, God, do I make this business decision? Do I do, do I go after this business project? I'm um, just trying to hear the Lord in the process because he chose to say yes. In this process, it, there's a verse that says, all earth is groaning for true sons of God to be revealed. And in that process, uh, the one day there's a, the, he does um, stuff with sand pits. And in this state of Wyoming, geologists have proven there's no frac sand, which is what you use for oil drilling. Right. And this is, I can I can give you hundreds of testimonies like this, but this is one that's really relevant to business individuals. And because he just chose to say, I've got to be following the Lord. God says, let me open up to something that's been hidden and locked up. Isaiah 45 talks about that. Um, read the verse three. It's just a beautiful depiction of that. But he goes, the Lord says, hey, his name's John. John, do you want to know where Fraxan is? He's like, uh, yeah, because they have to import it from other states. And the Lord takes him on this vision and shows him where this Fraxan is. And so he's trying to figure it out. can't find it. And then about a month and a half, two, late, month, two months later, he's driving down the road to another city about an hour and a half away from his house. Uh-huh. And he looks over and he sees this big plot of, land, plot of land. And he goes, oh, that was the property. And he recognized it from his vision. And so wow. he sends his guys down to go test the property. Again, geologists proven there's no frac sand. This piece of property, there have been oil companies on there for generations drilling wow. on there trying to find stuff, never could find it, and trying to uh, uh, develop uh, or, or find oil as well. He goes, gets tested, comes back positive for frac sand. This wow. has been hidden. The Lord hid it for those that say yes. 
Wow. And so I just want to invite you guys, there's an invitation to so much more in God, not just let me, yes, the presence of God, yes, the miracles, but we're called to release the kingdom, to experience things that have been hidden and locked up for us, for as believers, to bring solutions, to bring innovations, inventions, inventions, and things like Come that. On. But I just want to say this, there is, here's the prophetic word I felt like, the, there are people that are listening right now that have been under this restriction. You feel like you've missed out. You fear of, you missed the call of God. You feel like mm. you've been doing things and you just... Uh, have lost, like you're not actually walking in what God's called you to do. And I felt like the Lord said, I'm breaking off mindsets of lies, metal, like these, these, this discouragement. And I see people with depression on them, just feeling like I'm just stuck in life and that I've missed the call of God in my life. And I hear the Lord say, I'm breaking that off of you. I'm just releasing that over you right now because uh, you haven't missed it. God's purpose, he says that he fulfills his word. He watches over his word to perform it. Yes, we have a choice, but I felt like the Lord said, get ready. I'm about to redeem and restore things better than they were before. There are people that have been, um, uh, they have missed it. They have made decisions, but the Lord said, I'm going to redeem it better than it was before. It's like, you're mm -hmm. gonna, you're not going to just uh, get to, caught up to where you were. You're going to go further than you were if you when you thought you missed it. And I felt like the Lord said, I'm just, uh, I'm rewiring minds right now to have permission to dream and to believe that God can use them where they're at, that they don't have, they're not missing it because they didn't step into a church ministry. They didn't step into uh, the context of a mission field, but God actually is using them where they're at. And I just release a fresh outpouring of the presence of God over you to experience the nearness of God, the, the nearness of his voice, the nearness of his leading so that you can walk in all that he's calling you to do to experience the full unique creative expression he's given to you. So I just bless you with that today that there is a limited factor, there's a limited mentality, a limitation over your minds, over your circumstances. I'm breaking it off in Jesus' name, that there is nothing more that's going to hold you back, but there's an anointing of breakthrough that I carry. I know there's an anointing of breakthrough that I carry, so I just release the breakthrough anointing over your lives in Jesus' name. Wow. Thanks for letting me add on there for a second. So good. Oh, so good. No, man, thank you. Thank you for being obedient and... Uh... And sharing that and um man i'm so excited man i'm so pumped for anybody listening to this watching this watching it later listening later uh, I'm, I'm so pumped for for what they're going to get out of this they don't even know <laughs> what they're in for so no it's so Thanks, good dude. i appreciate it, you man. it's an honor man it really is an honor yeah i had a ticket to your last show on it was uh january 14th right of of 05 yeah, yeah yeah man so that was the show i had a ticket and I was at Bible college at the time. And it was like the first week back at our, uh, of like that spring semester. And we would always <laughs> do this thing called the week of prayer. And, uh, it was like the whole week at the beginning of the semester, it was like, before you would even go to classes, it would just be like a full day of, you know, there'd be some speakers and stuff like that, but it would be a lot of worship and prayer time and time seeking the face of God. And I was like, okay, I think I'm going to not do that. And I'm going to go see beloved instead because it's their last <laughs> show. And then I guess it was, I guess it was conviction, man. That just at, at the last minute, I just backed out and I was like, <clears throat> I, I, it, it always kind of haunted me and stuck with me all these years. I sort of at the beginning, I think had this, cause you know, I mean, a lot of bands break up and then get back together a year later or you know two or three years later so i sort of had that hope in my mind that like maybe maybe someday they'll get back together and like it won't be that big of a deal <laughs> but then uh that never happened until yeah. now, until uh you know 16, 16 years, years later i have an opportunity <laughs> to see you guys again um at furnace fest coming up so pumped about that but uh but more than that just this opportunity to talk with you today 
and stuff. Yeah. It just it, it feels like it just feels like destiny. Is all I'm saying. Man, that's cool. <laughs> Dude, that show was, I, I don't blame you, man. I've had so many moments where conviction just got in the way, you know, it just got man, in the way. Come on, of... come on, Holy Spirit. Why are you trying to be so involved in my life right now? <laughs> man, that's really but yeah. Really but fun. yeah, so it's, it's been, uh, it's been a, it's been a long journey, man. So you guys, um, Beloved started in 99, is that right? Yeah, we started in 1999. We were and, just seniors uh, in high school. Seniors in high school. And I remember some of those like high school shows at some of the, um, you know, local venues and stuff like that. What, what was it like? Yeah. I mean, what sort of prompted you to what, what was just a little bit of the maybe background that led you guys into forming beloved? You know, honestly, I think I only knew two of the guys in the band really well, which is okay. funny. Um, John, a guy named John Brim was our bass player. Uh, a guy named Sean, Sean, uh, Dallas was our guitar player, um, and we just kind of we just went to high school together. We had gone to shows together. We were all interested in the same music scene together, um, and we I don't know, man. Is you know you're a senior in high school. You're finally you're on top. You're the top dog, and yeah. <laughs> now it was our time to kind of like live out the. I don't know if it was a if it if it was obviously it was the Lord, obviously he was involved in some sort of way, but I think we just wanted to be in a band. We were like, dude, it's our time. Like we're seniors. We've already been in some kind of little hokey bands together okay. throughout the years, and they were fun. And we played house shows and YMCA hardcore punk rock shows, but we wanted to do it. You know, do do the real thing. Uh, the real thing and so we just started writing really bad songs in my parents basement <laughs> so, yeah yeah so like what were those early like those early days like what kind of what was what kind of music were you doing at the beginning because I know like the the running EP came out in 2001 so before that what was the what was the there idea? actually is doing? there actually is a release that's out it's it's really hard to find because it's on okay. like uh, I don't know what you call the little the discs that you would burn like we had to burn them and then put like a paper um, yeah, cover man. on top of the CD yeah the, like the uh, CDRs but, or whatever yeah, yeah CDRs so the little the green when when your band finally goes from like the green <laughs> the green bottom to the to the you know like kind of silver clearish chrome bottom you know you've made it so yeah man. Uh, but we what was the question <laughs> <I've already laughs> i don't know <laughs> no i was just wondering like what the music oh, was were, like in the very our, early yeah, days yeah, of beloved because okay. all right so our sound we were dude we were all over the place because we didn't even know we knew we wanted to be a band but um i remember listening to sean and i were on the way to you know, back to my house, maybe from going to get something to eat. And uh -huh. we're listening to an album by a band called Spitfire. They put out an album on solid state called the dead next door. <laughs> and there's a little riff at the very beginning. Um, and I, I think the song that we wrote sounded almost exactly like it. <laughs> and then I just started screaming over top of it. Cause I had kind of like a bank of, 
you know, lyrics and stuff. And I, I would try you, yeah. to squeeze it in rhythmically. And yeah. then, and then, so the first, probably the first three or four songs that we wrote, if you call them songs, were kind of heavy and kind of that Spitfire thing, Training for Utopia. We were really into that band. And then, um, then we met Dusty at school. I knew Dusty for a long time. I'm related to Dusty, but we figured out that we wanted him to be in our band. So he comes to band rehearsal. And I think on the way either to like a Wendy's <laughs> or somewhere after rehearsal yeah. or to youth group or something, he pops in like Jimmy Eat World, Clarity album. He pops okay. in like the Juliana Theory album. Yeah, man. Get Up Kids. And then I'm listening to like emo you know like the early right one of the earlier iterations of emo i'm listening to that and and like we're like dude what if we what if we put that together into a sound so we started trying to figure that out and sure enough there's other bands around the same time as what we're doing trying to yeah. figure out how to put those sounds together so i didn't know i didn't know that was a thing so yeah, man, and that became such a big deal. Like, and and, and there's something so, man, really special about about your music, about about Beloved's music. And I don't know. Maybe I should ask you to do this. Maybe I should ask you for for somebody who doesn't, um, who's not familiar with Beloved, who's never heard a Beloved song. Like, how would you describe the the music or the genre or the I guess the 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 feel of the music to somebody? Man, so it goes from, I mean, if if we wanted to put a, uh, we always struggled to kind of, to kind of genreize ourselves. <laughs> like we didn't know how to, we we just didn't know how to, to say it plainly. So we yeah. heard somebody call themselves melodic hardcore. Mm. So for a long time, we went with Love that. It which would be the blend of obviously melody and, and noise scary and like, stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the scary stuff. So, and then we heard, we heard the term post hardcore. We heard, we were never a hardcore band. I mean, there were plenty of bands that were hardcore bands that, and we right. never fit into that, even though we loved that stuff. Um, Dude, that's that's a really hard question. I think that's probably one of the harder questions I've been asked because I don't. I, I think we we never hit the nail on the head. I wouldn't even know what to ask for, to be honest with yeah. you. Um, it's that's good. No, I'm glad. That's yeah, that's no, it's pre response. it's 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 pretty fantastic. I'll pay. I'll, pay, I'll, I'll Venmo you later. Off. off yeah. There. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, yeah. Can I can I sh can I show you something that I'm like I'm super proud of, even though sure. I had zero to do with it. I'm super yeah. proud of this. So I'm going to show this on the screen. So this looks like you can see this, right? So this yep. is this looks like an ordinary uh, Furnace Fest flyer here with yep, the bands throughout the three days. So I'm going to bring the same picture up here. And there's a gentleman <laughs> circled in this photo, which no just way. happens to be just happens to be me in the photo. Oh, dude, that's <laughs> incredible! That's so crazy! Wow! Yeah. I'm going to pull. I'm going to open it up on my screen right now and just make sure that you didn't actually go in and uh it's not and, photoshopped and photo other than the yourself. red circle I, I can confirm you did not other, photoshop other than your the face <laughs> in the shot 
that's <laughs> it's hilarious because this photo like this little wow. cropped image here is used in like yeah. a All ton of, our, of uh, like yeah. everything right a ton of yep. publicity and it, and i i must have looked at this a hundred times before i saw myself in it that's so um, funny but dude, anyway well I feel hey, like man, I'm, I, that's i feel like that's <laughs> furnace fest you know like little easter eggs for everybody and uh and, and i wanted to make sure you got some you know you got some love out of the deal so that's hilarious, man, man. What man, a... I appreciate it. Uh, you know, how how many people do you think are going to come to Furnace Fest just because of that picture? Just because oh, I'm, I, I mean, I'm a... tens of thousands. And there's no <laughs> telling. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be ridiculous. We're gonna have to we're gonna we're gonna have to hire more city police to hold them back. You know, it's gonna require like, the riot squad. It's gonna be, gonna it's gonna be, be you know, yeah. No, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Well, um, we'll know, but. But I, I know it wasn't intentional, but thanks for letting me be a part yeah, of it. That's, yeah, that's incredible. A lot of times the unreached are in villages or mountainous regions, but they send people to the cities. Usually they're young people, you know, want to try and um, get to the city to better their lives or education or different things like that. So if you're in these cities, you can easily travel to the locations where the remaining unreached are, or they'll be passing through the city. Um, that's there, kind of like a modern day. Was that Ephesus in the Bible, where people would like walk through and come through? I don't know. You yeah. can check that, Duke. That <laughs> sounds right. Sound smart, like <laughs> Ephesus, you know. I went to Bible school, um, and so we are currently, actually, in one month in June, we are launching our first Gateway City team um, over come in on. Asia country not mentioned um, sure. <laughs> for specific reasons sure. and um, they're going to be really working on launching the first we're calling it a hub in one of the gateway cities and this hub is going to be where all future teams come to get training and to take trips into those different 100 cities pray over them and then launch into them and really to reach the cities we're saying we're going to go into these cities and we're just going to pray and say god what do you have for this city do you want us to do education in this city do you want us to do socioeconomic you know farming coffee shops because jesus loves coffee like we mentioned before like what do you what do you want us to do in those cities and in those nations so we actually have eight organizations who have come together and we're kind of like nice at the round table laying down our arms and saying we're in this together. It doesn't like doesn't matter who gets the glory. We're in it for to see the unreached. Mm. So we have these eight amazing organizations, and we've all come together and said, "Now is the time for us to really go after that." So, yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> One thing we're doing. That's, no. that's unreal. So it, it's called. Give me the name again. Gateway. The Gateway Project. Mm -hmm. The Gateway Project. And um, one of the. Sorry, go ahead. No, go please go ahead. All right. So one of the cool things, I'm super excited about this. So I could talk about this forever, but we can talk about other things. But the <laughs> Gateway Project. So why we just uh, did the hundred gateway cities, but we also, as we were researching um, different gateway cities or different things, there's this um, in Thai culture. There's these um, gates. If you, they're like a gate like this. <laughs> And really, um, what it is, just in case you want to know what the gate looks <laughs> you, like. You're just all about drawing the squares. I know. You want to give me a light board squares. squares. One thing about missions. Talk about gates. We love our shapes. And um, windows, yeah. Yes, windows, gates, rectangles. <laughs> um, but in Thai culture, these gates, they would put up all around Thai culture. And I think in other Asian cities, too, 
that these gates would be in the beginning of cities to welcome the spirits through the gate and to say, you have mm. access to our city, you're welcome to our city. And we just really believe and really feel that um, we're going to put a cross through that gate and saying, no, Jesus is coming through your city. And really, there's a verse in Psalms, I forget what it is, which is our theme verse, because I'm so great at this, but it's the one that says, um, lift up your heads, O you gates, Yes, glory is going to come in. And that's yeah. really our um, theme verse for it. And so just to see Jesus coming through all the gates of these cities um, to bring his life and hope and there. So, yeah. That's perfect. Alex Seidler just said Psalm 24. Um, is he okay, thank you. Oh man, you didn't know that. That's how it talks yeah. in my mind. <laughs> that's legitimately perfect, though. That's such a that's such a beautiful prophetic picture. Lift up your heads, O you gates, be lifted up, yeah. you everlasting doors, and the king of glory yes. will come in. That's so cool. I love that. This is this is very this is I love this the the strategery. I know it's not the word the strategic the, the strategicness. <clears throat> the strategicness of this mm -hmm. of this plan of this project of of this um you know the gateway project and of of really you know as the bible says that this going at really going after the the unreached people groups of the world is actively participating in hastening the day yeah. of the lord it's it's yeah. hastening the mm -hmm. the end of time jody so exactly. <laughs> so that's well, a it's a beautiful beautiful thing a divergent when I was little and before I was married, you know, you're always like, Jesus, don't come back before I get married. I don't know if you ever did that, but I did that when I was little. But then I'd read that verse that was like, you know, until the gospel's heard and all the reaches and then it'll come. I'll be like, oh, I'm safe. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm safe. It hasn't been preached everywhere yet. So I'm still going to get married before Jesus comes back. But yes, it is directly linked to uh, hastening the return of Jesus. Yeah, love it so much. Uh, so your husband just said, unlike others, I paid attention in Bible school. <laughs> I knew I was going to say that. But Alex, <laughs> we knew you in Bible school, and we both know that that's not true. <laughs> we do know that's not true. He went to a summer school class, the wrong class for like half the summer school class, not realizing he was in the wrong class until he like, what the teacher called him up one day and was like, uh, you're not in this class. He's like, what? He attended literally half the summer school class in the wrong class. So take that, Alex. <laughs> One of the things that I've heard you speak about is the, these parallels of the of the nation of Israel kind of like be, being in this place where they were under oppression, right? So they're right. being oppressed. And so there's a the thing about being oppressed where you can blame all of your problems on the oppression. But then when the oppression ends... It's like, now what do I do? Because now I'm, faced, I'm forced to confront the, my own problems and my challenges, but I'm not ready to do that because I don't right. have the mentality for that. And so what do I do now? Now I have to find somebody else to blame. Or I, I create another oppression to, 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 to blame. That's right. That's right. That's that's human nature, isn't it? Uh, you know, and what happens is that a, a long time of oppression does build up a, a, a very bad, uh, you, you know, lo long-term poverty creates a culture of poverty. So you can lift the poverty and, and the people are still going to live by those poverty values. It's like wow. I, the other day I was preaching in church and I, I talked about the case of a lion who was caged up and all he can do is pace back and forth. Mm -hmm. And so everybody got, you know, had compassion that they got him out of the cage, put him out on the, in the you know, just out in the, the uh, greater outdoors so he can run and run and run. And guess what he did? Yeah. 
yeah, know, used conditions. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, what's happened is that uh, is that this this cultural dysfunctionality has built up over you know, like I said, oppression will lead to that sometimes, and uh, so we have to stop thinking like that. One of the problems with the people, children of Israel, was this. Now watch this. Now watch this. Uh, this one knocked me out of my socks when I saw it. Children of Israel have been oppressed for 400 years. And after all that time, they actually began to believe in their own inferiority. They yes. actually believe in their own inferiority. Yeah. Uh, if I like to say, if a, if a, if, 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 an, if an, in a, a Hebrew opened up a, uh, a candy store on the corner of Main and Market in Goshen, and an Egyptian opened up a candy store right across the street from it, the Hebrews would would, uh, would do business with the Egyptian and not with the Hebrew because, after all, Hebrews are are you know, we Hebrews are inferior, so therefore the Egyptian man's candy is sweeter. Okay, that's mm -hmm. one of the that's one of the devastating things that oppression does. Yes. So they believe in their own inferiority. So if when when Moses then you know at the age of forty. Uh, when he went down to the hood to to, to Goshen yeah. and try to, there there was something like police brutality going on. Okay, let's put it wow. that way, or just brutality, Egyptian brutality. And he jumps to the defense of the uh, the is the uh, the Hebrew, and he kills the Egyptian. He's thinking, well, well, hey, I'm a Hebrew. I can you know I can really do something. He goes back the next day, and tries to you know, break up this fight. And of course, you know, uh, the, the, the one in the wrong says, are you going to do, you going to do me like you did that Hebrew? I mean, that e Egyptian. Well, the thing was, I realized that if Moses had been, uh, everybody in, in Goshen knew that Moses was Hebrew. They knew this, you know what I'm saying? You know how the grapevine is, you know, they knew, they knew he was Hebrew. So he was disrespected. But if Moses was Egyptian, that man would have given him respect. He said, oh, yes, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry, sir. You know, Okay, but because he was Hebrew, he was disrespected. And then you, you wow. see this later on, they get out in the wilderness and Moses is up on the mountain for kind of long and they decide to make themselves an idol, right? Mm -hmm. So they're gonna, and, and it wasn't, they weren't, weren't worshiping the idol per se, they worshiping God by means of the idol. Okay, they said, we gotta make an idol that represents God. What did they do? They chose a, a calf, right? Well, I used to wonder why, why? <laughs> why a calf, right? Thing is, the Egyptian god of protection had the head of a cow. And so what the Israelites did, what the Hebrews did, they, they made a, a, a calf, which was the inferior to the cow. So they, they, they wanted to make, they wanted to see God in Egyptian terms as inferior. They did not believe that God was all powerful and all that. They believed, and, was, and, and they had the same problem when they got to, when they got to the land of Canaan. Oh, they make us look like grasshoppers. Oh, we yeah. can't, you know. Oh yeah. So it was that. Yeah. It was that. It was that mentality that 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 oppressed mentality that had to, he had to go go to the next generation for them to be out of that. And that's the devastating thing that oppression is. That, that that's, that's four hundred years of trauma. That's what it does to people. You know, people begin to actually believe that they're inferior. Okay, actions are dictated by behaviors. Behaviors are dictated yes. by emotions. Emotions are dictated by thoughts yes. or beliefs. And beliefs are dictated by truths. Mm. If your truth is aligned with your thoughts and aligned with your emotions 
and your behaviors, your actions will be that of, let's say, love. <laughs> right? If they're programmed the wrong way, then they're going to be the complete opposite. Wow. So where on that where on that spectrum do you need to work? Right? The truth never changes. You're created perfectly and wonderfully. Period. You're here for a reason, period. But what belief systems were instilled in you? Come on. Right? If that belief That's system is wrong, then your thoughts are going to be wrong. If your thoughts are wrong, then your emotions are going to be negative. If your emotions are negative, your actions are going to be negative. You're going to rob. You're going to fight. You're going to whatever. They're going to be negative. We all know what negative is. If your truth is your truth, your beliefs are right and aligned or healthy, then your thoughts will be healthy. Your emotions will be healthy. And then your actions will be the same way. It's not that hard. You just have to be willing to look at yourself and do the work from the inside out. I can't stress well. it enough. Come on. It's your own journey. You're the only, isn't it funny that we're our worst coach? We all want somebody else to coach us. We all want a discount when something goes wrong. But when we screw up, we don't ask ourselves for a discount. We don't ask ourselves for a redo. No, we blame everybody else. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. How many people today listening to this need to give themselves a, a refund, a do-over? <laughs> I know I do. I need Come a daily, on, especially For with sure. kids, right? <laughs> yes. Forget it, right? Like I need redos all the time. And that's when you can live from a place of grace and not good intentions. Oh, man, that's so good. I love everything that you just said there, that progression of the way things um, work the way you reverse engineered that. And it kind of starts on this level of what I've accepted as truth, right? So um, what I've accepted as, yeah, what I've accepted to be true. So, and, and that might be something incredibly negative. That might be something that says, you know, um, that I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough, or uh, I'm never going to amount to anything. You know, you're a kid, you start hearing those things, or, you know, I, I remember I talked to Dr. Royster about this a little bit when uh, when she was on um, a few weeks ago and about how when she was growing up as a kid in an abusive home situation, just feeling like this is normal, like probably everybody goes through this because it was it was her regular experience um, to just be, you know, being beat up, to have fingers broken, to be punched, to be, you know, all, all that kind of stuff and feeling like, well, that's normal. That's, that's what happens. And so I think you start to internalize stuff like that. Exactly. It's like, oh, well, yeah. so this is what I deserve. This is what's normal. And then, so that begins to form this thing on the inside of you. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, that leads to, yeah, I believe that about myself. I believe that I deserve to be mistreated. And then, so what do I do now? I carry that into relationships and, and to an extent I might even be subconsciously, but inviting that kind of behavior, putting myself into relationships that are negative in nature, because I feel like I deserve to be taken advantage of or to be mistreated. And so I kind of unintentionally and subconsciously, but I subject myself into those environments that begin to have that negative 
uh, effect on my life because to me it's it's normal and and that's huge man because i think that that's what our and i don't know if dr royster's still in the room or not because i know she's I, I, I'm nervous to talk about this kind of stuff because it's I'm not a professional in this area. But like, I think that our subconscious mind works on that level of trying ultimately to keep us safe, to keep us in a state of, you know, the normal status quo, the normal flow of things. And so my safety net might be that, which is really a twisted thing. But my safety net might be to be mistreated in relationships because that's yeah, what that's I've accepted default, as normal. Is, right. You're defaulted to that. Sure. Default. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, kind of like that autopilot type thing of of my life, and uh, that can be changed, but it's I, I think that it has to be changed intentionally, and it, and it's got to get to that point where you say, you know what, like I've I've got to I've got to make a, a shift here, and I tell people as a pastor that you know the best place to start when you want to when you recognize that there's something that you've accepted and it's at a foundational level in your heart or your belief system that's affecting the way that you think and ultimately the way that you emote and treat people and all that kind of stuff like as you as you're talking through that progression of things um start with the word of god start with what does god say about you you know yeah. so expose that lie for what it is root that thing out of you so if you, yeah. you know, that's not consistent with what God thinks about you. That's not consistent with what the word of God says. That's not consistent with the way that God created you and designed you in the first place. He designed you. And when he designed you, he got done at the end of the sixth day. And he said, this is very good. Yeah, That's who you are. That's, it's not, you know, you're not who you are just because of the experiences that you've had in your past. And people mistreated you, took advantage of you, bullied you, belittled you, abused you, whatever. Then like, unfortunately it's it's so twisted because the way that our mind interprets that so often is this progression of well that's what i deserve and that's who i am no that's not who you are that's not who you are that was a bunch of stupid people or you know misguided people or confused people that were taking their insecurities out on you or whatever and you know ultimately it left you in this place where you are now and you're not seeing yourself the way that god originally created you and designed you to be and so get back to that I just think as a starting point, you know, I think it's helpful get back to what does the the one person whose opinion matters more than anybody else, God, because he's created you, you know, what does, what's in his heart for you? What does he say about you? What does he think about you? Because it's so different than, than what man says. <laughs> you almost made it through. We were almost, and then I screwed it up right at the oh, end. Right, like right, seriously, right, Amy, get right, it together. This is just we're gonna have to shameful. The whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah, like this is all scrapped over. now. I'm gonna go and eat. Two hours on your hands. I know. I know. I'm gonna have to go eat my Columbus Day turkey in shame now because I messed up your name in the last five minutes. <laughs> I need to get a Columbus Day turkey. That's. I'm. Awesome. It's gonna happen now. It's got to be a thing. It's like it's like practice for Thanksgiving, right? So any excuse yeah. to have gravy. Yeah, we opened our <laughs> presents last night on Columbus Day Eve. That's how you ha you really so. should. You got to sing the Columbus yeah. carols, you know? <laughs> it's Columbus <laughs> carols. <laughs> this needs to be a thing, people. Come on. I know some of you are creative. Like, like write some Columbus carols. Cookies, cakes. And the Santa Maria. This needs <laughs> that would be so great. <laughs> Everybody's got their little hats. Oh my gosh. This could be a thing. This could be a movement. We need to start this. This needs to be on I think Pinterest. It's, I think it's already starting. <laughs> It's like when we brought back the fanny pack. Oh gosh, that yeah. was a terrible decision. We can get enough like, people on board. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, that one just needs to go. Like that in mom jeans. I'm like, no, no one thinks that's a good idea. 
like nobody ever. It just looks like you time traveled to 1995 and stole jeans from your fat uncle. It's just not cute. <laughs> but you know what's crazy though is that like the fanny pack somehow it got like bigger. Like you would well, think. and do you see people wear it across themselves now? Like it's not even yeah. across the waist. Like it's somehow cooler if you strap it to the front of your chest. Like I don't know, you're a marsupial. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> marsupial. <laughs> this is called winning as an adult. Like I yes, have all my yes. stuff right here. Yeah, like, all my stuff just, right here with a side all, zip. It's all accessible. Let me pull out my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is terrible. Uh, Let's store some mints. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. Appreciate you again. Um, You're welcome, Dave. And uh, I'm I'm not I'm not done here with with this. So like I would I I know I, I tell you this every time, but I'd love to do this again at some point. So um, of course, can, I know on Flag Day we got to do it. <laughs> we can talk. When is Flag Day, by the way? I think it's like in April. The idea. It seems like it would be like in the spring. Seems yeah, like. it it does it does seem like it because you got to have the breeze, right? And so yeah, I'll have a flag behind a couple flags. And maybe like Arbor Day could be Arbor Day. I okay, so I like trees, so I'm in favor of like some Arbor Day stuff. Like I'm gonna wear a squirrel costume. It's just I literally remember being in school because like I went to Christian school when I was in my younger years, and mm -hmm. um I remember like so we had really small classes, and I remember like literally going outside and like planting trees. Yeah. Do you remember how the schools used to give the little pine trees? Like they would have like the little paper cup with the pine tree and you're supposed to go home and plant it. So many trees died because they got left in kids' backpacks. Like it just, it was a, it was a great effort that <laughs> like just didn't work Dirt and, and pine needles. I know. They're like, what just around. happened here? Yeah. No. Oh, it's terrible. Terrible. Love Arbor Day. Mm. We're going to, yeah. That's that's what we got to do. We got to meet on the next like random holiday to wear. And I know there's stuff like every day now has a thing. There's like Reese's there peanut butter cup. Every, for, yeah. yeah. There's like a Frisbee day, like national Frisbee day. There's like, okay. Like ev everything you can imagine. Those guys at the park are like, yeah, holiday. Frisbee day. Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. That's, that's my people. <laughs> for <right there>. sure. <laughs> for sure, bro. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is awesome. I love it. I hope people are tuning in right now and they're like, what is this about? <laughs> <laughs> they're just rambling about random stuff. Yeah, this is we're we're subscribing just for the randomness of this. Please. Hey, if that's what gets you here, I'm happy. We'll talk about random stuff all day long. There will be all right, guys. That's the end of the episode. I hope that you enjoyed the recap as much as I did. I appreciate you for taking the time to check it out, and I hope you'll come back for a future episode. If the content blesses you, don't forget to subscribe, share, or leave a review. Thank you guys so much. Have an awesome day. I'll see you next time.